Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Two more hours to go. We're coming to you live from the front porch. Literally. Thanks, courtesy of our friends at Offenbachers. You can follow me on Twitter, at Pete Medhurst. We tweeted you a picture of the setup. Joe Miller knows what my front porch looks like. Joe, I got a, I got an extra headset if you want to come on by and do the rest of the why show. Didn't you just, why didn't you just ask me to drive on over? Uh, if you would have paid for the gas, I would have been there. So well, I was going to say, I mean, it's not like you live right <laughs> next door. I mean, you live about 20 minutes away in your beautiful estate there on the uh, shores of the Chesapeake Bay down there in beautiful Chesapeake Beach, so... Or I guess, are you on the North, North Beach, Beach side? Yeah, you're on the North uh, yeah, Beach side. Yeah, technically North Beach. But as I tell anybody that lives in South County, when they go, oh, that's a long ride. I mean, 20 minutes is like, that's like that's literally like going to the grocery store. So it's all good. <laughs> I mean, it, it, for the time it takes you to go from Churchton and Shadyside to the grocery store in Edgewater, you can get to North Beach. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, perception and reality are often uh, two different things. Before we get to the draft stuff and the combine, I want to hit you with what we talked about in your driveway earlier today. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think this is an amazing concept, and particularly because you and I obviously work in college sports, and we have for a long time now, and we're watching it head into a abyss of unknown, quite frankly. Um, sure. But for a guy like, you know, Phil Foden, he's been in the Manchester City organization since he was nine years old, Joe. Now, yeah. I mean – Obviously, he's not you know playing at that level at the age of nine, sure. but he's in their system. He's getting that type of training, and now at the age of 23, he's one of the more brilliant players in our game, stepped up in a huge situation today when, quite frankly, his team wasn't playing uh, that sharp uh, in the derby against Manchester uh, United, and then he proceeded to uh, rip Brian Powell's liver out um, you know, in, in the second half. Uh, with a couple of great plays, and they get one more in stoppage time uh, to win the game. But, Joe, this is a guy that's been in their system since the age of nine. Is there any way that at some point we see the 15-year-olds, the 16-year-olds, and those that, you know, again, I mean, Caleb Williams' dad has been very outspoken about this. Um, You know, can, can a Caleb Williams sign at 15 with the Dallas Cowboys? develop in their system, 
And then by the time he's ready to go, no matter what that age is, they can turn to him as their potential quarterback. Is that something that could work in our American sports landscape? Look, I think it is, as you mentioned, it is a pertinent conversation to have. And it's something that we've talked a lot about, like just on the periphery, about different ways of how you could approach things. I mean, we definitely clearly see the crumbling of what our our sports landscape has been, at least for the last 100 years. It was you play you know, youth sports, you go to high school, then you get a college scholarship, you go to college, then you get an opportunity potentially to play in whatever, you know, professional league you want to go to. And that's, 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 that's starting to crumble. I mean, to some extent, I mean, I think you look at what is college football going to look like, um, you know, in five to 10 years. And I know a lot of people go, well, it's going to look the same and maybe it will. There's a possibility, but I think, We've talked about this, and I, I, I told you, you know, a couple of years ago when the XFL was getting going, and I said, look, here's the here's the million dollar idea. If you if you have now, it, it takes money to do this, um, and you've seen it tried to some extent in the G League, what they did the last couple of years. Now Adam Silver has come back and said, well, now that um, you know the NCAA is giving that NLI, we can't compete with that kind of money because it's going to take money to do this. You know, to produce a Phil Foden from age nine to 23, it, it takes a lot of money. It doesn't take as much money as it does to buy him. If another team, another club had produced him, you probably would have had to pay more on the back end. But you're putting in a lot of money to guys that aren't going to develop. I mean, Phil Foden was probably in a class of, you know, 25 kids when they started at, you know, age nine or 10. And he might be the only guy that got there. So you spent all that money on everybody else. But at the end the means uh, are justified because he becomes that type of player. And I think, as I said, I, you know, I told you when the XFL started, if they could get top level high school players and say, here's a pathway to develop you at the next level. Now football is different. I think to some extent, we, that, that's the, that's the difficult one. Can a, a guy at 16, 17 compete? But I think what you do is say, we're not looking for you to start anytime soon. We're looking to, to mold you. We're looking to, um, you know, make sure that you have all the right tools. And I, I think, look, it's working to some extent right now. Major League Soccer, you know, last night, D.C. United, uh, Kristen Fletcher scored the game-tying goal against Portland uh, late last night. And he's a, he's a prospect that uh, used to play in Bethesda. I think he's originally from Bowie. Uh, he's an 18-year-old. He's a homegrown player. They have started – each major league soccer team has started their own youth program. And, um, you know, I think D.C. United starts at 12, but there's other teams like Philadelphia Union. Uh, I know Philadelphia Union and New York Red Bulls have started at 10 because my son's played with uh, players that have already, already in their youth development. Now, you know, at that age, they're, they're, casting, a, they're casting a wide net. You know, they're going to bring in a lot of kids with some potential, and they're going to foster them through. And it's a little bit different than what you see in Europe, but they're trying to replicate here, and they've had some success. I mean, you look at D.C. United right now. Um, you know, I mentioned Kristen Fletcher, um, Jackson Hopkins, also a homegrown player, Teddy DiPietro, uh, Matai Akimboni, who's from Upper Marlboro, who played at my son's club, Maryland United. You know, they're doing that. Um, they're trying to create that pathway. So, yes, it can be done, but you're going to need the union support. And the change the way of the mindset that we've had. So I don't think there's any doubt that it could happen in basketball tomorrow. I mean, it happens in baseball. 
you know, for the most part, you know, you're getting some 17-year-olds in baseball. Is it that big of a stretch to say uh, they have the RBI program, the Nationals have the youth field set up? Now, it's a different concept. They're not, you know, bringing those players into – but they have the facilities already there. Um, what would prevent somebody from going, hey, let's hold tryouts, let's get the best 45 players – uh, in the area, of course, the draft has to be changed because then you would have homegrown rights, and that's what Major League Soccer has developed. The draft has changed. There's players that you sign as a homegrown. They're not eligible for the league-wide draft, and that it does change things. But the model is already there for other leagues within the United States to look at, and I, I think there's something there. Um, it's got to, it would change the landscape. It would a lot more money. Right now, the NFL is paying nothing for development of players. They're paying absolutely nothing. So when they go to the league meetings and somebody stands up and goes, hey, I got a great idea. It's going to cost us, though, I don't know what it would cost, five, $600 million to develop these facilities. Well, they probably already have the facilities, but to house and educate these kids if they don't, you know, they have to change the eligibility requirements with the NCAA. That doesn't seem like that's that big of a deal right now uh, because it seems like you can do pretty much anything you yeah. want at this point. Um, So there are things there that do make sense. It's going to take some vision. It's going to take somebody to have some money behind it um, to make it happen. I don't see why in especially baseball, football to me can be a little bit of a different story. um, But I don't see why anybody – in baseball and basketball doesn't look at this. I mean, I'm, I, I was before I was talking to you, I'm watching, you know, Barcelona play athletic Bilbao and Lamine Yamal is a 16 year old starting playing for Barcelona in the most competitive sport in the world at one of the top five clubs in the world. You can't tell me that there's not 16, 17 year olds that were, if they were developed within the system could contribute. We know LeBron James could have played at 16 in the NBA. That's not, it's not a mystery to us. Carmelo Anthony, certainly. I saw both those play, guys play in high school. Um, they could have played. Will they be of stars? No. They're, they're, they're coming off the bench. They're getting minutes. They're developing. Um, but it could be done, and it just takes a lot of money up front and some people to put some really brain power behind it and try to develop some of those players. But it could, it could happen, Pete. And it, it, the, the model is out there. And if we shift – and I know this is a long-winded answer, but if we shift away from what college sports looks like, there's going to be a lot of things that are up in the air. You look at all, you know, the Olympics are going to happen this year. You look at all that stuff. How does that change if football changes and basketball changes? Where are you getting all your track athletes? Is the money still going to be there at the college level? How do you develop those players if you don't have as much money, if more money is going to football, more money is going in other, you know, directly to the players? But in a way, but Joe, in a in a way, isn't it also a way to almost return college athletics to what its true mission really is? And then you take those one to three percent of talents. And I'm, you know, if you want to do it at football, and you're right, football is a different game, physically development, things of that nature. If you want to do it at 18, and 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 look, let's face it, you you and I both know this from working inside college athletics. Most kids are not going to a classroom now. They're taking online courses. They're taking courses as a group when they're on the road, you know, going to that city on Friday afternoon. They may be in the hotel. 
uh, in a big room doing, you know, classes with a tutor or someone like that. So in a way, maybe maybe two things happen here. Maybe college athletics returns to more of a truer form. And at the same time, that one to three percent that excel to such an exceptional level. And like I said, if you want to do it at age 18, 16, I mean, I mean, we got child labor laws in this country in certain states that prevent that. I mean, you can't send your 14-year-old to work at Chick-fil-A right now, even though they might want to. But Again, you know, the union, you can get around that. I mean, yeah. the union, you know, that, exactly. that's why the union is there. That's I mean, exactly right. Not to go back to the soccer example again, but it's almost – and nobody would argue that it's a perfect system in this country. Nobody would argue that. Um, but if you are at D.C. United Academy at 15 – and you don't, you know, you're kind of stalled there. You're, you know, you're, you know, you're doing okay. And if you want to go to college, you can. And most colleges are going to really welcome a, that type of player. So it gives you a little bit the argument against some of the European style. There, there's no backup plan. You know, these right. guys, you know, if they don't make it, they've started to, to improve some of that because now there's more money involved in the game. Um, and the way you look at it in – soccer in this country is there is a little bit of a backup plan some of the guys that might not be considered the top level prospects that don't get a senior contract they're very they are wanted by colleges and universities so you have that little backup plan built in you know you're going to be assumed to be a really good player if you're playing on any mls academy team at 16 at 17 and any um you know you know from top colleges to mid-level to lower end colleges are going to want to you know, give you scholarship money. So it, there is an example out there that could be used, and I think there's something to it. And I think it has to be thrown in the equation with everything that's going to – the upheaval in college athletics that's going to happen over the next three or four years because um, we don't know what it's going to look like. So it's hard to speculate how to get there, but th- it's certainly an option, Pete. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean look, well, I mean, a guy so, like Caleb – Let me throw this example out. You mentioned football, Pete. We saw Kyle Hamilton as a true freshman, 18 years of age. Would he have started in the NFL? No. But could he have played 15 plays? Yes. <laughs> you know, how would you like to develop that type of player? Now, you got to – there's a lot of other things like how do, you, how do you draw the lines of where you can recruit out of, and now you're starting to tell, well, Miami and Tampa Bay have a, a distinct – the Cowboys and the Texans have these big advantages because in their home ground – homegrown territory, there's this advantage. So you'd have to work out a lot of things. Um, but, I mean, again, it would take vision, some money, uh, and some courage to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, because, uh, like, I mean, Caleb Williams obviously would be, you know, potential homegrown product for, you know, the commanders uh, in this market. Um, you know, so, I mean, it, it's just a – especially – and, and the reason why I said that is because, obviously, we – you know, his dad has been very outspoken about uh, – family he i mean look i mean we watched archie man well, how long it. ago was maurice maurice claret pete i mean that we're talking almost 20 years now yeah that you know he was like hey i want to be able to play as a freshman now he didn't have the nfl career but out coming out of his freshman year back then if you go back 20 years i think he probably would have been taken in the first or second round and maybe he had a different direction that he went into you, you just never know i mean there are guys there's a select few guys that can compete at that level at that age and as much as we talk about the options out there there really isn't another option that's why you know g the g league was kind of put out there by the nba to do that and you know obviously with major league baseball and the minor league system you have that option as well 
No doubt about it. Talking with Joe Miller, we're going to take a break. We'll come back, talk about winners, losers at the Combine. Our boy Penix, his medicals looked okay. Uh, what does that do for him uh, here in the upcoming draft as well? We're with you until 7 o'clock right here, 1-800-636-1067. That's how you get to us here on 106.7 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Great first segment with Joe Miller. You can hit rewind on the Odyssey app to listen back to it. It'll be available on the podcast as well. One more segment here. Let's talk about combine. Joe, look, the top three guys have been broken down at nauseum. We did it a few <laughs> weeks ago. I mean, I'm not. I, I don't know what more we can say about Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. that hadn't already been said. Um, but it's that next group of guys that I think uh, present interesting. Uh, routes for teams that may want to trade down uh, in the first round. If somebody really wants to bump up into that top ten and you could secure extra picks and still maybe get one of those next three guys. Look, the only thing left on Penix was the medicals, and apparently the medicals are very positive uh, for him. Everything else he did there uh, was fine, and we know the game tape shows you that he's a uh, he's definitely a professional quarterback. So does do you think he helped himself with those medicals coming out as positive uh, as they did? And in your mind, is he four right now? Is he ahead of that, that next group after we get past these top three? Yeah, I, I think no doubt it, it certainly helped him. And I, I think the, the thing that you look at with him is is the medicals, I think the age is going to be something that people talk about a little bit, but I mean, I don't know how important that is. Again, um, you're going to get them for five years in that initial contract, maybe six for that initial deal. Um, And, um, you know, I don't feel like that's a big factor. I mean, but it does seem to me like JJ McCarthy is moving up the board to some extent. Um, It's funny to me, Pete, because, you know, we've talked a lot about, um, these guys over the last couple of years and just their development and who they are as quarterbacks, the things that, I mean, uh, the thing that was scaring me yesterday was I, I was starting to hear people talk up Joe Milton and I'm like, 
okay, this is I, – I, in August, I was like, okay, Tennessee fans, you're talking up this guy as a Heisman guy. you got to watch him play. You know, it is not what – and he's been a fast mover. I saw yesterday, you know, I, I – honestly, I was talking to one of my buddies today. I hadn't seen them ever throw out the radar gun. I, maybe they've done it in years past, and I didn't – I just didn't see the footage, but yesterday, you know, I saw him out there with the, the radar gun thrown to a, you know, a wall with, and, you know, basically everybody's around 61 to 58 miles per hour. I didn't see it like a, you know, it wasn't like one guy was out there throwing 89 and the other guys were throwing 57. I didn't necessarily see what the big point of that was. Um, not to mention that necessarily throwing the ball hard is not necessarily a trait that makes you superior to somebody else obviously can help in certain situations, but um, it, it's been interesting and intriguing seeing the last couple of days. Um, you know, it, it's often in the mind of the beholder of what you want to treasure. And uh, it, it's hard for me though, when you look at a guy like um, whether it's McCarthy or Milton, these guys that people talk about, and it's hard for me to get away from with, with, with McCarthy that in the biggest moment, Michigan said, nah, I don't want him throwing the football. Um, you go to the Penn State game, you know, a lot of times during his career. It was also, and, and I think I would agree with what a lot of people talk about with McCarthy is that, look, he did come from probably the closest thing to a pro-style offense. And that's, that is important, I, I do think. I've talked about it a ton with the guys. You know, when, when, you're, when you're talking about Joe Milton, who ran nothing like, you know, I was looking at his numbers earlier today, and, you know, he – Again, I don't like high play action percentage. You know, he's a guy that uh, was at 44% play action. Nobody in the NFL comes close to that. So, again, anybody over 30% really starts to worry me about how you change um, because it completely changes how you look at a a defense and the way that they're they're, they're guarding you and how they're defending you. You know, he was at 44%. And the other thing, he was 60% of Joe Milton's passes we're nine yards or shorter. Yeah. I mean, people are going after Jaden Daniels because he didn't have a lot of passes mid-range. <laughs> like, from 10 to 19 yards, he doesn't have a high percentage of those passes. Well, Joe Milton, 60% of his passes were under nine yards. And you look at McCarthy, too, and yes, he came from a pro-style offense, but it's a very early 90s-type pro-style offense. They don't do very many exotic things. It was very, um, it was very basic. Um, and I look at that and say, well, yeah, he has some traits from a pro-style offense. But, again, I would love if Harbaugh didn't have Herbert. I would love to be wondering if Harbaugh was around, you know, the 10 to 15 mark, Pete, and he was at San Diego and he didn't have a quarterback, whether he would draft McCarthy. I would guess he would not. Um, but maybe I'm completely wrong. I just feel like in the situations where Michigan – needed it's not like he played played poorly um but he also took some bad sacks at times uh he wasn't um he didn't win a ton of games on his own throwing the football i mean he certainly did some nice things every now and then but it's interesting to me where i think there's more projection there and it it gets back to what with Penix and his age i think with Penix and nick the the ceiling probably isn't as high as some people will look at with other guys, um, but it doesn't mean that they can't be productive quarterbacks. I mean, it gets into that conversation we have with the NBA draft sometimes. You got a guy that averages 23 points a game, but you're like, oh, this guy's seven to, 
yeah, he can't shoot. He can barely make a layup. But, man, what if, what if he turns into a guy that can shoot three-pointers <laughs> all? We, we hit the jackpot. And I think there's a little bit of that with guys uh, with McCarthy and Milton going on right now where they probably have, in some people's eyes, a bigger ceiling uh, while, you know, Penix and Knicks, very strong, older-type quarterbacks, they look at them and go, yeah, they can do these things, but uh, are they the guy that takes us to the next level? Any any use at all, and, and the only reason I say this, because of you know Dak Prescott doing it as a fourth-round guy and um, obviously what Brock Purdy's done as a seventh-round guy, do any of the other guys, and you know I'm a, I love Pratt, um, is Rattler or Pratt or anybody like that in your mind um, a guy that at some point wins a significant amount of games? You know how I games? feel about Spencer Rattler. I know. <laughs> I'm That's not going to. That's why yeah. I asked you the question. <laughs> Just I've never been that. a huge fan of his. Um, he Look, he's a guy that has a great arm. Um, but when the going was tough, uh, uh, he takes a lot of sacks. So the, the pressure rate has become a big thing over the last, you know, three, two, three weeks. You know, pressure rate and, and making plays downfield. Look, Rattler's a guy that, you know, had a tremendous amount of talent behind him, but he didn't elevate it. And that would be my biggest thing. You know, look at – you look at him and his college career, you look at guys that were like you know, DJ Uyungle, who's going to Florida State now, you know, do they elevate their guys? It's the same thing I would ask about McCarthy. Does he elevate his teammates around him? Were there times where he put them on the shoulders? There's a hundred, you know, 50 times that Michael Pinnock put his team on his shoulders and he elevated the squad. I don't know if, when you look at those guys. I mean, Pratt, Pratt's interesting to me um, because – he brings a lot of elements to the to the to the table that you would like. I love his accuracy. Uh, you know, hard nose uh, type of player. I mean, he does have a little bit of Brock Purdy in him. Um, and, and from that perspective, big time winner. He certainly elevated the team around him during his time at Tulane. Um, and that's a big part of this to me. I mean, when we talked about Jaden Daniels, I always a lot of times go back to his days at Arizona State where, yes, he had one bad year, but he also put together a pretty good season there as well. And he elevated those guys. And, um, you know, <clears throat> to me, that's a big part of being a quarterback is is elevating your teammates around them. And Rattler, to me, is have all the talent in the world. But to me, problem, the sacks have always been a problem. He's a guy that has a lot of negative plays on his resume. Um, and that's that's tough for me to get around. Yeah, especially in the same offense that Caleb Williams got a lot of positive plays in. Uh, we know the offense works. We've seen it. Um, and, you know, uh, he didn't progress in it and look as good in it as some other quarterbacks. A couple of quick hitters here on the way out. Uh, is there a huge difference in your mind? Because I've seen people all over the place on these two guys on the defensive side, Dallas Turner and Chop Robinson. Because when you look at the measurables from the weekend – a lot of similarities between these two, but there's so much explosiveness um, in Dallas Turner in just about every category. Yeah. Is, is is he truly a top ten game wrecker in your mind? I think so. Um, he's pretty close in my opinion. I mean, I we talked about Turner earlier in the season. I think a lot of people, when you look at Alabama in the past, you, you, the focus has been on that pass rusher. And to me, he he is more of a pure pass rusher than Will Anderson was. And Will Anderson obviously had a very good season at Houston, put up, you know, had the breakout 21 campaign. More attention was paid on him in 22, less talent around him. And he was good, but 
Dallas Turner, to me, is that high-motor guy with talent. And even though they equaled the same amount of sacks last year, I think Turner had 10 and Anderson the year before had 10, I just love his motor. And he makes a ton of big plays. He reminds me a little bit on the college level. He's not going to be the same player at the NFL level, but he does remind me a little bit of Micah Parsons from the fact that the dude just made plays time and time again. Robinson a little bit more up and down, a little bit more inconsistent for me. Turner, a high-engine guy that seems to have a nose for the ball. I love those type of players. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think Dallas Turner's a guy that could be a game wrecker here. Uh, is Is there as big a difference as is being perpetrated between Marvin Harrison and the next best wide receiver, who at least in my opinion is Malik Neighbors? I don't think so, and I'm a big Adunze guy. Um, oh, I love Rome. I, just, I think Rome is great too. <laughs> um, uh, just because of the size, and I think his, you know, I don't, you know, somebody can tell me his catch radius is whatever it is, whatever, you know, certainly there's people that looking at those numbers, but to me, he is a guy that um, just exudes confidence and can make plays. The one thing, no, to answer your question, I don't think there's a giant gap. I mean, the one thing that's interesting to me about Marvin Harrison this season is there were games where he was not a factor in. And you go back to the Notre Dame game, um, there were games where, you know, and and I know injury was part of that as well. And I I do wonder about that to some extent. I mean, medical's got fine. I don't know if he's as home run as as most people think. It kind of assume he is. I think he's going to go before neighbors. I think he's going to go before Adunze. Um, and we've clearly seen that the wide receiver position is a position that can hit right away. We've had a ton of these guys over the last three or four, relatively speaking, that have come in and been factors. I don't feel like Harris is a guy that when you look at next year, he's going to be at 1,500 yards, and Adunze or Neighbors is going to be at 650 or not being a factor. And a part is where you go. Um, but I, to me, Adunze reminds me a little bit, and this is crazy because nobody last year would have made the comparisons of Puka Nakua. It's just a big, physical, fast guy that you can put anywhere on the field. I know Harrison's going to go above those guys, but I just don't think there's a, there's a giant gap there. Uh, between those guys, and maybe, you know, maybe it was the quarterback play. Some people will tell you that at Ohio State just wasn't that great, and obviously he had the injuries this year. But there were other games that, you know, even in his junior year, or I guess his redshirt sophomore year, uh, where he went off, there were games there where he just was he wasn't a huge factor in games. Um, and I and I know that happens sometimes, but that kind of scares me a little bit when you're telling me he's an uber elite, can't miss, five star, won't fail in the NFL type of guy. Ironically, I think similar to what you're talking about is the same thing we talk about with Caleb Williams, in a way. I mean, when he's right, Joe, he is uber good, and when it's not quite going well, then yeah, he doesn't necessarily impact the game. Uh, the same way, and I think both guys, both guys are either going to be uh, home runs, or you know, in the case Williams has probably got more to lose uh, than Harrison, because I think Harrison's eventually. I mean, he's going to be a good player. The question ultimately is, is who drafts him and who's throwing him the ball. He can't control that. Williams can at least do that on his end. Appreciate you taking some time on a Sunday. Uh, look, I think together we're two of the smartest dudes you can listen to in the area. <laughs> but I'm biased. One of these days we'll get a good sponsor. You are. 
No. One of these days we'll get a great sponsor and we'll do our own podcast or something like that uh, and give people like an hour or two of uh, great radio whenever we can find the time. Appreciate the time, pal. Have a good uh, rest of your Sunday. No problem. Thanks, man. Appreciate it as always. Joe Miller joining me as always. Joe, yesterday, double duty, calling Navy and American women and then uh, Navy and Richmond and women's lacrosse. While I was at American yesterday, the Navy midshipmen went for the fourth game in a row. I'll tell you what, though, Dwayne Simpkins got a club over there. American's still going to be a factor in this Patriot League tournament coming up. They got they got maybe the most best individual talent uh, maybe in the league, uh, and they just beat Colgate, the top team. So Dwayne's team's going to be heard from coming up next week. They will play Bucknell in the opening round. Navy will be home on Tuesday night. Well, they will take on Loyola. 1-800-636-1067. Our chance now to talk with you. You heard what Joe and I had to say, certainly about some of the top talents, some of the top guys, some of the biggest impact guys. And you heard what we were talking about in terms of you know, the youth academy level. And, you know, there's a guy that was in the in the Manchester City, you know, organization at age nine. He's now playing for him at age 23 and is one of the world's great stars. You know, could we do that here in America? What would be the glitches, if any, and would you like to see something like that, uh, whereas that top 1% to 3% would just skip over college, do it in an academy-like fashion uh, through the individual team's uh, in each pro sports league. Let's talk about it now. 1-800-636-1067. Pino Sports with you till 7 right here on 106.7 The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back with you till 7 o'clock here on 106.7 The Fan. Charlie and Dave at that time, live from Florida. Make sure you stick around for that. Get your Phillip Nationals baseball. 6 o'clock hour, leading into that, we're going to talk James Wood. Phenomenon that is becoming James Wood. And if he keeps this up, um, I mean, his performance so far in spring training might only be uh, outdone by Juan Soto's. I think after today, Juan Soto now 6 of 9 with 3 home runs. Um, in spring training so far. So, obviously, there is no issues for Juan Soto going to New York. Some people get uh, traded to the Yankees or signed with the Yankees and full panic sets in. Well, that hasn't been the case for Soto. He's 6-for-9, three home runs, and two doubles so far here in spring training. So, I'd say he's adapting just fine uh, so far to the new surroundings. But uh, Charlie and Dave coming up in the – they'll start at 7 o'clock right here on 106.7. The fan today's game with the Marlins, uh, by the way, uh, was rained out. So no game for today for them uh, to recap coming up on the show. But 
uh, obviously uh, coming up uh, tonight. Cole Henry uh, and uh, Jacob Young scheduled to be the guests uh, of the show. That'll be coming to you from Duffy Sports Bar and Grill uh, down there in West Palm tonight. Now, let's talk about a couple other guys here that, you know, certainly in the first round you got to keep an eye on uh, whether Washington Washington has no shot at Quinion Mitchell, in my, in my opinion, unless they trade back up into the first round with some package uh, in which to do it. I, th- I think, look, this is a guy, and this is where we, we talk about how recruiting by colleges is certainly a crapshoot. Um, had a great, great conversation with Josh Gaddis, the Maryland offensive coordinator at the Annapolis Touchdown Club uh, banquet. And because Josh been some great places, Josh been to Michigan, Josh been to Miami, Josh been at Alabama, obviously now at Maryland uh, with Coach Mike Loxley, and you know so Josh has seen it all, and you know obviously you keep some stuff close to the vest, but when you you talk about when you're guys that excel, you know in a Big Ten, in a in a SEC, I mean it takes. I mean think about think about all the offensive talent that Alabama has produced over the last 10 to 12 years. Coach Loxley was there. Obviously, Josh was part of it, uh, part of that run. Uh, you know, Josh able to move his way up to the coordinator level. Coach Loxley, obviously, uh, getting another opportunity as a head coach. He's done, obviously, terrific things. I think the one thing, look, when it comes to coaching, fit is incredibly important. I think all of us knew years ago Mike Loxley would be a fit here at the University of Maryland. I mean, it, it, there's just there are some things that are slam dunks when it comes to that. Sometimes guys take jobs, and in particular, Mike does an unbelievable job of, you know, with his uh, new foundation of, uh, that they help African American coaches develop in all of the different ways that they need. You know, for everything from you know how to put together your resume, but to get into the coaching profession. You know how to interview, uh, and and Mike does an amazing job of this uh, right now on his own. Doesn't have to do this. Doesn't on his own. And you know I, I think they take bad jobs because they know this might be the only opportunity, um, you know, that they get. And you look at when Mike was at New Mexico. That's 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 not a great fit. It's not a good job. It's not. A, and it, the resources for that job nowhere near what they are. What he has here. You know, at Maryland, and I think when you put a coach in a job that fits, they have great success together. And I think that's what Mike is having at, at the University of Maryland. Well, a guy like Quinion Mitchell, by the time he's done here at Toledo, everybody's like, okay, well, why wasn't he at Alabama? Why wasn't he, you know, at USC and all the, the you know, the Power Five schools? Hey, I mean, look, sometimes, sometimes you miss. You know, sometimes there's just not enough, you know, people working in a front office, now the Power 5 programs have, you know, a, an amazing amount of people. Um, I mean, like you know, just like I, as I've said all the time, I would intern in a college personnel office for an NFL team right now. I'd do the same thing for a college team because I think there's – I mean, I, I love that part of this, seeking out talent, looking at it. Um, you know, my son who coaches college basketball, you know, in high school basketball, we've had these discussions, and he 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 had a great line. He goes, "Sometimes you got to say no." You know, sometimes guys not good enough. How do you keep a guy from, you know, Joe and I talked about, uh, you know, how do you keep a guy from failing in your program? Well, you know, more often than not, if you from the get go realize that the guy's not a fit, you know, sometimes you take chances on athletic ability. 
and things of that nature, and it just doesn't work out. But, you know, my, my son said it best. Sometimes you got to say no. You know, sometimes guy's not good enough. But then when we go back and we look at all the boxes on Quinion Mitchell, we're like, how did he end up at Toledo? Uh, you know, and, you know, you look at the guys in most of the guys in the top, you know, 15, um, they are all power five guys. You know, my guy Quinion Mitchell is like the only dude, um, you know, from the quote G5, um, which is just some terrible label that we've put on kids that don't play in the SEC or ACC. But Quinion Mitchell for Toledo is better than almost any defensive back in America. I mean, you know, if you want to, if you want to, you know, if, if you want to argue the kid from Alabama, you know, we can do that. Um, Terry on Arnold. I mean, we can do that. I mean, I, I'll, I'll have that argument with you. Um, you know, Arnold, another guy, probably going to be top 12, uh, top 13 pick. You know, if somebody, you know, def, desperate for, um, you know, defensive back help, Arnold, you know, is probably going to go uh, in that upper level uh, as well. Um, you know, he's a, a great guy uh, with great size, you know, likely a boundary corner guy most of the time. But Mitchell and, and Arnold are going to be the top two defensive backs that likely come off of the board and yet here's a guy one of them uh, we're talking about is is playing at Toledo so it's all about it's all about scouring the country finding guys and I give Quinion a lot of credit yeah, he probably could have bolted at any time in today's environment guys do it all the time out of the G5 up to the power five I give him credit for staying with the Rockets uh, there at Toledo and guess what we talk about it all the time we talk about it all the time my guy Wayne Pratt you know, you know team Durant Dennis Marshall out there. Those guys talk about it all the time. It, it doesn't matter where you play. It's just that you play. If you're not on the court, if you're not on the field, you can't perform. And what better way to go play in the MAC, play all the time, and develop your skills there? And guess what? NFL scouts are going to find you. You're still going to make a lot of money. You're still going to be a first-round pick and at least get five years of pay in the National Football League. And the young man did it. At Toledo, 1-800-636-1067. Pino Sports with you till 7 right here on 106.7 The Fan. Pino Sports with you till 7 o'clock. Charlie and Dave at that time live from Duffy's down at West Palm. Cole Henry, Jacob Young, the scheduled guest coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. Caps lost Arizona 5-2 today. And how about this from the NBA? The Celtics beat the Warriors today by 52. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, 52. Uh, Boston wins it today, 140 to 88 this afternoon. So, I mean, you talk about complete clunker when it goes bad uh, in the NBA. Sometimes it goes bad. Oh, yeah, Steph played. Steph played 17 minutes because this game was over quickly. Curry was 2 for 13, 0 of 9 from 3. He had four points and was a minus 29. <laughs> he was a minus 29. Um, the, the Warriors were seven for 41 from three-point range. Jason Tatum, 27. Um, Jalen Brown, 29 in the win for the Celtics, who were 25 of 49 from three-point range. <laughs> The other team took 41 threes, and you made over half of that amount yourself. So Celtics win it 140-88 this afternoon. They were up 44-22, 
at the end of one in that game today. Amazing performance uh, by the Boston Celtics. Um, real quick, couple, uh, real one subject that Washington certainly going to be honing in on here, and that's offensive linemen. Here's the problem. Without trading back into the first round, this is why I don't rule this out. Everybody's talking about the depth, okay, of, of linemen in this draft. But with releasing Charles Leno, okay, it's now made left tackle incredibly important uh, for you. I don't think it's Wiley who currently exists. You know, could it be Cornelius Lucas? I mean, would he be as good as Leno? We'll see. Because... You're going to get a run on tackles in this draft. And by the time Washington's second-round selections come back up, the guys that are going to be there are more of the interior lineman group. Now, if, you're, if you are not in the Ricky Stromberg business at center, it's going to be a couple of great center uh, candidates there. Uh, a guy like Graham Barton from Duke who's played some tackle but ultimately projects to center now in the National Football League. You know, couple of interior guys, but the tackles, are, I think, are the, the guys that could step in and start right away, I think are going to go a lot uh, before Washington's picks, you know, around 36 and 40. So perhaps they have to package those picks and move back up into the first round if they can find a dance partner, if they are going to get one of the young tackles uh, that could eventually start for you uh, this coming season with the release of Charles Leno, because that becomes a position that's not deep in free agency uh, right now. So, you're, I mean, do you really want, and I know certainly they're going to kick the tires medically on Tyron Smith. I mean, you have to at least do your due diligence there. But with Smith's injury history here of late, to put significant free agent dollars, anything more than a year, uh, into a Tyron Smith is an absolute gamble uh, right now uh, for this football team. So, you know, if you want to go get, you know, it, 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 by the time you'd be able to jump back in, guys like Amarius Mims maybe uh, at Georgia uh, could be still around, uh, Fuaga at Oregon State. I mean, Fashanu and those at Alt are uh, going to be long gone uh, by the time you would do that. So if Washington is going to do it in the draft, they're going to have to hope that one of those guys can step in at tackle because the guys that you think can step in at tackle likely going to be gone by the early to mid-20s of this first round. Coming up next hour, talk about this. Take your calls, open forum on the draft, and anything else as it pertains to uh, the commanders. But I want to talk about the perhaps the next great superstar here in this town. And from a baseball standpoint, he certainly seems to be able to provide potentially the electricity of what Juan Soto did for the Washington Nationals. His name, James Wood. It's a homegrown product. We'll talk about him coming up next right here on 106.7 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 